today on the TMZ Podcast. Hello and welcome to the TMZ Podcast. I'm Charlie Cotton and today I'm joined by Derek Kaufman. How are you, Derek? I'm doing well as always. What do we have today? We got some goodies? We've got some goodies. Really good ones. Because you pulled me away from reading Britney's book, so I got to know if uh, this is worth my time. Well, Britney's <laughs> book is apparently, according to her, the number one celebrity memoir of all time in the first 24 hours. Says a lot about America. Go on. I don't know if it's 100% true, to be honest, <laughs> but that's what she's saying. We'll talk about the luckiest family in Massachusetts. Uh, they cashed in 14,000 winning lottery tickets, totaling $20 million over the course of 10 years. What good luck. I know. Mazel tov. I, I know, but their, their <laughs> luck ran out and we'll talk to you about it. But first, Jonathan Major's domestic violence case has taken a drastic turn. Now, reports have surfaced as part of Major's case, which reveal that Major's was involved in another domestic violence incident in London, England, six months before the New York City mishap. This is an unbelievable development. I mean, these are just allegations, I assume, in London, but all of a sudden you're starting to see maybe a pattern. That really hurts Jonathan Majors. This is bad for him because now we have another dot in favor of this guy has a violent temper, right? I don't know if the London case has any merit, but all of a sudden if someone is saying, I didn't do this and I didn't do that, but those two things sound similar, right. they lose credibility. This is a little bit like... Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein. If there were one case of Bill Cosby slipping a Mickey in a girl's drink, and raping her, we might be like, Bill did that once, but never again. I've seen so many lawsuits with similar fact patterns. Right. That's what Harvey talks about an MO. I'm not saying two cases are an MO. They, they really aren't. You need a lot of them, like a Cosby level or a Weinstein level to establish that. But all of a sudden, if this guy, why, why, why does everyone pick on you as right. the violent guy? It starts to sound a little thin, right? It yeah. starts to sound uh, implausible. There are also reports that Major's accuser is set to be arrested today. This would be a, a gigantic development. His, his team has been pushing the narrative that what went on in that car and whatever physical contact went on between the two of them was initiated by her and pushed by her, and he was in the role of restraining her so that he could protect himself. That's always been what Jonathan Majors has said. He hasn't sort of fet, you know, fessed up to any sort of misconduct on his own part in terms of this physical confrontation. Now, these are just reports. I want to actually see her in cuffs before I believe where, where this is going. But if it does, it's a big development for him because mm. then you get into a situation of maybe... The judge looking at it and saying, this is mutual combat. A lot of times you'll hear that term because then it's uh, back and forth. And the judge says, I don't know whether you're defending yourself or you're defending yourself looking at the two parties. And I'm just going to not bring charges. I'm not, I'm not going to push this case further because it doesn't look like someone had the intent to hurt someone else. It just looks like a, a fracas that I don't want to get involved. Yeah, it, it, if she is um, sort of like, if there's, if there's mud in the water, then it helps his case because it's so unclear, you know, what way the judge should side. So both go home. You're both bad. Yeah. The other way know. of thinking about it is it complicates the prosecutor's yeah. job. The job of the prosecutor is to try to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that someone did something wrong, violated a law. And they're trying to prove that Jonathan Majors assaulted uh, this woman. And if they have their star witness come up and the defense is able to say, well, didn't you like hit him first? And she has to say, 
you know, she's under oath, has to say, yeah, I did, but then he hit me harder or something like that. All of a sudden, the case is more complicated. Right. Because her hitting him, uh, you know, raises the specter of his self-defense, right? And that's mm. a huge a huge uh, win for Jonathan Majors if he's able to prove that he was just defending himself. And maybe the case doesn't even go forward. The prosecutor says, I don't have enough here. I'm right. going to stop it. So, I mean, the taxi driver seems like they're in a taxi when all this goes down. Uh, the that's the key, right? The, the taxi driver seems to side kind of with Jonathan. Um, but also the taxi driver, I don't know if we can take them completely at their word. He said something to the effect that, you know, his wife screams at him the same way that make that, that, um, her name's Jabari, uh, Grace Jabari is the name of the accuser who was Jonathan Majors now ex-girlfriend. And so she's accusing him of like twisting and breaking her finger and bloodying her ear. And now Jonathan Majors is pointing at the taxi driver who kind of has his back and also at security footage from later that night where she's using her finger and it looks just fine. You can see her and the, her ear doesn't look too bad, like I, bad at all. I've always minimized the importance of that security footage. And here's why, you know, you're, when your adrenaline is pumping and before swelling sets in, you can get into a tussle and then continue your evening. A broken I, finger? I don't think it necessarily proves this case. If it's actually broken, broken in the sense of the bone is broken, but I, I think people colloquially say like, ah, my, my finger is broken when they mean their finger's injured. I, I don't know, but looking at a video, a grainy video of surveillance footage where she's at a club doesn't disprove entirely that there was some sort of physical confrontation and the swelling set in later. I, I don't know. It's not good. It complicates it. Now we have, uh, you know, prosecutors may be bringing a charge against her. That complicates it further. Now you have the cab driver who is the most independent third-party witness yeah. I guess you can get in this case, although you said he has some colorful views on he how does. he argues with his spouse. He does. He's also maybe uh, in awe of a celebrity. You always think, like, is this person telling the truth? Why we like independent third-party witnesses is he doesn't have an ax to grind, right? She wants to not go to jail, and he wants to not go to jail. So both of them are biased towards their own stories. So you look for someone who just watched it, right? That's what a witness tells you. But is this the best witness? That's, I mean, that's it's, the it's, point. It's the only witness. It's the only it's the only one they got. And also, I guess people who are... So, so they, after they got in this argument in the cab and, you know, went their separate ways, they also they ended up at a nightclub. Well, she did. Yes. And, and um, he, Jonathan Majors is saying that um, this Grace Jabari injured herself by herself and then went to the cops and said this happened earlier in the night. How, does, how has that story always sounded to you? That that story has always sounded very strange. You know what Occam's razor is? Have you ever heard of that? The I've simplest ex explanation is usually the correct explanation, okay? His story is pretty elaborate that she like injured herself, she went behind an alleyway and like punched herself and broke her finger. Yes, that could have happened. Mm. That is something that is possible. Is it likely? I don't know. It always sounded like very strange to me. Um, are there certain, you know, jilted lovers who do very strange things when they're, you know, pumped up and very angry at someone? Yes. But that story always seemed a little yeah, odd. I'm to not me. sure. I don't know. It, this is a tough case because he has maintained innocence. You know, it's like right. they're telling such different stories that we're genu genuinely looking for the answer. And I don't know it. This case is complicated. His whole career hangs in the balance. Now, the other thing, bad news for him is Loki 2 sucks. Oh, and right. the superhero <laughs> craze is over. It doesn't feel over. No one cares about these oh. movies anymore. No one cares about the shows. He was positioned to be the big bad villain of this whole phase of Marvel. And they were like, is he going to lose the role? It's the biggest role of a lifetime. 
I'm not sure it's the biggest role of a lifetime anymore. No one cares as much about Marvel movies, so... Now he's just a big bad villain. Now he's just a big bad villain. It's like, I, I don't know. His his life is a little bit in shambles. I hope he and Megan Good are uh, enjoying each other's company because I think he's going to have some free time. Wow. That's okay, my- I'm very good. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including Ray-Ban, Good American, and Ulta. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. I'll be shopping for apparel and electronics, and you can save on everything you need for the summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Just go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. Rakuten, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Uh, John Stamos, his memoir came out yesterday. As did Britney Spears's. <laughs> Britney Spears, her memoir, so she says, is the top-selling celebrity memoir of all time, and it's only the first 24 hours. Give John Stamos some time. Give him some time. Give all right, Stamos. he's been out there pounding the pavement about Tony Danza banging his girlfriend. We just need to let that simmer for a little while. This is huge. Is it that surprising? Britney's a big, big megawatt star who has had such a fall uh, through the conservatorship and her sort of mental health issues. People are curious, and she's been leaving breadcrumbs and little teasers about what went on with Justin Timberlake. People love this. They're lapping it up. Look at our office. I, I know. Is it, is it true, though? Because, I mean, Prince Harry's memoir came out recently, yeah. and we were talking about his memoir called Spare for ages. Michelle Obama has like a, she's got a couple memoirs, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think you always see first lady ones, but you're right. Spare was big and it was global. He's a global celebrity in a way that Britney's mostly an American celebrity. So despite the fact that it's currently not on the New York bestsellers list, maybe mm. they've still to update their website or numbers or something. A little lag time. Yeah. Can it possibly be the highest selling memoir already in 24 hours? I mean, I know there's pre-sales and there's. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, look, I, I think she might be puffing a little bit, but those numbers do lag, and then they'll come out, and we'll know whether it broke a record. I don't think the New York Times is like in the bag for Britney Spears to say she's the record breaker. It's a weird um, sort of you know memoir to be number one overall. I don't think anyone wants is looking for it to happen if it didn't happen. I think it's probably going to be close, though. I, it, it I, I probably seem to will. be under underestimating it. I'm not sure why you think she's not as big as she is. Well, she Britney is Spears. big. She is big. I just like, she's just a mess. You know what I mean? Like, of but course. But the mess and the height of the celebrity yes. create this. Um, when you, when you see Prince Harry comes out with his memoir and, like, he's not that well-received afterwards, Jada Pinkett Smith, her memoir, not well-received, Britney Spears now, we're going, oh, these details, Britney. It, is it in your best interests for your brand to release a memoir. I know it's a few bucks. You, you, you make some money with the memoir, but it feels like all these celebrity memoirs recently, like it, it makes you 
dislike the person a little bit. It doesn't feel like long money, like you said. It feels like you can cash this out once, but then it sort of tarnishes your brand going forward. I think that's certainly true for Prince Harry. I think he could have just been a prince who had like a nice royal life. Uh, Britney Spears, I think, doesn't have many options for her brand at this point. We saw so publicly the conservatorship, her speaking in court erratically. We see her on Instagram. There's not much to salvage. I don't think she's going to come back and be the pop starlet. She's my age, dude. Like that, that, that part's over. She couldn't come back and be like a Madonna. Like, Madonna doesn't do it that well on stage, does she? I think that will still be available to her because her fans are so ardent. They just love her. If she turned it all around, you don't think there would be, like, a, a hero's welcome for Britney Spears to come back and drop a new track or yes. do, do an Eras tour where she does you Drive Me Crazy, Baby One More Time, all the Eras of Ve- music. Let's, let's, let's do Vegas Residency. Let's yeah, we'll start tour. there. Yeah. We'll start. To, she's done a Vegas Residency, and she had a massively successful one. But weren't people saying that she wasn't singing? Like Yes, but that was at the height of the conservatorship. This one's going to be called, like, the woman and me come out and it's like the freedom tour or whatever you want to the call it. There's a whole, tour. there's a whole like way to brand Britney that is just like post conservatorship Britney. So she, she could do another Vegas residency. I think she could still put butts in the seats. Courtney and girls like that in our office would run to see Britney, Britney's free tour. Right. I know. Yes. They, they, um, they, would, they would. But Jada, Jada's always been interesting. I don't want to like, like move too far off Britney, but what an unforced error. What a great life the Smiths had. And for her to just like trash it all publicly seems unnecessary because you know britney's life was already coming in shambles and she's sort of explaining what the what the wreckage looks like mm. jada jada and will could have just like ridden this out they were they fooled us for seven years no one was asking hey are you two guys married yeah and so she's just like outing dirty laundry i think that makes her look bad i think she's so lost much a lot ego just so much ego that people need to know this inf- private information about me we don't we don't really care the, have you seen them what it's done to will smith is staggering to me have you seen there's a meme of will smith like with that puffy crying face and then carlton and his happy family um. and they're like carlton and ended up winning. And like, he did. And it's so true. Like, he, he was did. like the laughing stock from that show. Will Smith was the king of cool. And now I definitely think Carlton's cooler. Yeah, Alfonso, Alfonso Ribeiro. Yeah, dude. Hosted America's Funniest Home Videos. And like, man, what a life. Hey. Host, hosted um, Dancing with the Stars. He's killing it. Came out on top. He came out on top <laughs> in the end, Carlton. Also, I got to mention, we have a couple, TMZ has a couple Britney Spears documentaries out. Yes, we do. We have a couple docs on the podcast network, which is TMZ Presents the Documentaries. And it's on our podcast network, which is the TMZ Audio Network. So go check that out now. The, the two episodes of our Britney Spears documentaries are up. They're really, really well done. Lots of inside information from all of our reporting on this. And we are the best in the business at that. So check it out. And we'll be putting out new documentaries every week. Oh, wow. Great info. Thank all you, Derek. On to our final story, the luckiest family in Massachusetts. (laughs) That's their their title. That's what people were calling them because over the space of about 10 years, a dad and two sons cashed in 14,000 winning lottery tickets and the total prize for all those tickets, it equaled to $20 million. So let me tell you how they did it. This is beautiful because I, I already love this, but explain to me how this worked. How their luck was just so consistent. So did you know that if you win like a lottery or a scratches or something like that, uh, the, the place that the money goes first isn't your bank account. If you've got any outstanding tax mm-hmm. or child support, that is the first place any winnings go. Okay. That's, yes. So what this father and two sons did is they, they got like a conglomerate of convenience store owners. Okay. And they told these convenience store owners, if anyone wins over $600, ask them 
if they've got any outstanding debt that, and tell them about what's going to happen to their money. Yeah. So what they could do, and this is their pitch, and this is what they, they 14,000 tickets they got because of it. They said, we'll take a 10% cut and we will claim the ticket. And then after we claim the ticket, we'll shoot you all of your winnings minus 10% so that the IRS and other people don't- Don't put their hands in it. Don't put their hands on your money. This is- Genius. <laughs> yeah. I love this family. I know this is uh, a crime. I'm, I'm, I guess it's a crime. Uh, yes, because it's, it is a crime. They, yeah. They've gone to jail. They're well, going a, to jail. What a clever one. It is certainly a crime, but they are circumventing. So if you owe more than 10% of what your winnings are, let's say they have to go to child support payments or tax liens or whatever, yes. and that's going to get skimmed off the top. Let's say they'll skim off even 11%. This family comes to you and says, I'll take 10%. You yes. keep that extra percent in your pocket. I claim the ticket, and then I send you the balance of the 90%. Everyone wins except the poor moms who are trying to collect child support and Uncle Sam who wants his taxes, but screw them. And Massachusetts as a state, <laughs> IRS, uh, because this is now apparently the biggest fraud in Massachusetts state history. This is in. Incredible, isn't it? It's I have never heard or thought of this kind of scheme, and I'm sort of sort of mad at myself <laughs> that you didn't come up with it first. What a scheme! Look how long it lasted. Because you know, when, when a scam can last, where they did this to fourteen thousand tickets, it's ingenious because it seems to me that they did it with their family members because they'd get too much suspicion if yeah. I just did it. Yeah. If I cashed fourteen thousand tickets, all of a sudden I'd be like, oh, "Is this guy cashing so many tickets?" But he. He, you got to spread him out. Spread it out. Yes. He used his family members. His little son goes in there. Hey, I won the lottery. Totally. And his other son. Wow. And then they had to spread it out even further, I think, because, yeah, yeah, 14,000 is a lot of times to win in the space of a decade. Why did we even do any other stories? I want to bring this family in. I yes. want to, like, drop confetti. Look, they're criminals. This is, uh, I, I do want to say, somewhat serious. Entrepreneurial criminal. Very entrepreneurial. There's something different about, and I'm not even sure this is white collar, because lottery crime, it's like, it's not really business crime. It's like, uh, I don't know, gray collar. Gray collar crime. It's great. I love it. Uh, so they were caught in the end through like a bit of a sting operation. Yeah. Where like, because they were onto them, like, you guys can't be this lucky. Like a cop sort of went in and like tried to claim his winning ticket and tried to do it through these guys, the dad and the two sons. And then it turns out when they t sh showed up to try to take um, the money of the cop. Yeah. He was like, sorry, I'm a cop. You'd always be nervous that someone is going to do like an inside operation. That's the, the way, that's where this comes apart, right? It's like kind of like you can be a prostitute for a long time, but eventually you're going to ask a cop to, to, right. to take his pants off. That's the way like it's it just not a stable flow of income. Eventually some cop is going to be sitting in the car and that's going to be game over. Last thing, you win $20 million today. What are you doing with it? Oh, my goodness. I, I they're, they're, so Don't I, say charity because I'll know you're lying. Come on now. I don't even do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would definitely take care of all the like schooling stuff, put a little bit away for, for the kiddos. But then, you know, I don't like cars. I like, I don't like care about houses. I really like Rocky memorabilia. I really would oh. go like wild and buy like that big yellow satin Italian stallion thing for whatever price. Name Wow. I would. That would be my big, big indulgence. What would you buy? Um, what would I buy? I'd probably just never invest it in crypto. Probably. Yeah. Invest, yeah. Invest it in Bitcoin or <laughs> throw anything. it all away on board apes. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> All right, Derek, thank you for joining me, mate. Fun. And we'll see you guys here tomorrow. All right, bye. bye.